Welcome back to the preview podcast, guys. We're going to keep this one short and sweet like usual. A couple of things to go through. We're going to go through what I think the team should be. Do we need to axe everybody? Should we bring in youth? Should we go to experience? What should we do this week? Um, obviously, Thursday afternoons or nights, the teams get announced, but I'm going to give you my thoughts. I've got a little bit of insight into what might be going on with our defensive scheme as well. And... Um, if you guys follow the social medias at uh, Further North Podcast on Facebook and at Further North Pod on Instagram, we're going to talk about our Nostalgic Player of the Week, um, one of my favourites. But in case you don't know, I'm not going to mention it now. I'm going to keep you guys waiting because that's the only way you stick around to the bloody end, all right? Okay. In a little bit of team news this week, apparently Jai Simkin is a chance to play on the weekend. Um I don't know if that's true or not. It feels very quick. Um, I guess I don't really know the extent to how bad his hand was, but clearly it couldn't have been that bad if he's in the mix. Do I think he'll play? Not really. My gut tells me no. Um, but if he's a chance, might as well throw him in, I guess. Uh, I'd like to see him play. I mean, all hands on deck really at the moment, isn't it, after last week's performance? Um, I guess that's a good point to touch on. How am I feeling about last week's performance now after it's been enough days I've calmed down I've got my thoughts together and I guess this could sort of lead on to what I was mentioning in the intro about a little bit of insight into what's going on with our defense so let's get on to those two points how am I feeling um not not great still. Obviously, I'm not going to come away from that finding a heap of positives, but I'm not feeling as bad as directly after the game. And a couple of things to keep in mind here, and please message me. Let me know if this is, you know, me trying to – what's the right word here? Paper over the cracks? Or is this me trying to find positives when they're there, when they were clouded by negative? The thing I've been thinking about, when we take a step back and we really think about this, the first, say, four rounds, I thought we were pretty good. The Hawthorne game sucked, but we showed some fight and I don't think we all walked away from that going, yuck, we're awful. Even the Brisbane game, like obviously we put a fight up against the Blues and we played pretty well. We, we could have beaten them if we had some AFL-level defenders on that day. The Brisbane game, we're not meant to be messing with Brisbane right now. You know, and I don't think we, like, we didn't play great and the defense was shocking, but maybe midfield and forward, I don't know. It didn't seem as dysfunctional as it did uh, on Sunday against the Gold Coast. I think the thing to remember here is we're six weeks into the Alistair Clarkson era of North Melbourne. And one of the things I've been thinking about through this week is we all sit there and go, geez, he turned Hawthorne around quickly. He got there, he gutted the list, he got his people in, and they were winning premierships in no time. We're six weeks into the Clarkson era. That was four years of doing, you know, roster turnovers and culling players and, you know, average football for Hawthorne. Do I think that we're getting too emotional too soon? Yes, I do. Um, six weeks compared to four years, we look back on that Hawthorne era with rose-tinted goggles and we say how quickly you turned it around. In the long run, four years is a quick turnaround. We're only six weeks, not even two months of football into Clarkson era. So that is one of the things I would say doesn't mean we have to think the Gold Coast or that weekend was good. That was shocking. 
but do we throw our toys out of the pram and have a tantrum? No. I think the one thing I have realized after that Gold Coast game was this list maybe doesn't have as many AFL quality players in it as I thought we had. Obviously, when we draft people and we have young guys, we sit there and go, he could be anything. Curtis Taylor could be anything. Paul Curtis. Not not those guys in particular. I'm not saying they're not good, but just as an example. Anyway, Bailey Scott, anybody. There's players on this list that are not AFL quality. As much as we want them to be and much as we, as we you know, convince ourselves they might be, look around the league. There's so many players I haven't heard of on other teams who are much better quality than our list. And I think I've really come to realize that. Doesn't mean Shizu and LDU and Simpkin and Larky and all those guys are, aren't going to be great players. But past maybe the top eight, realistically, it's not fantastic. And I think I've come down to earth with that a little bit. Could the the, the players under the top eight to ten be great? Maybe. But I think we need a lot of list turnover here. And there's going to be some in this that, you know, Clarko's going to get rid of a few and we're going to be like, why are you getting rid of him? But you got to back Clarkson. He knows more about football than all of us. The other thing of a little bit of insight, um, I can't remember the name of the program, but I think it was Gary Lyon and Tim Watson on SCN we're talking about North Melbourne and how they're giving up so many transition goals and just giving the opposition so many scoring chances in general. And they were looking back at the Hawthorne days when Clarkson first took over and they were saying that the numbers and transition goals given up and just scoring opportunities in general, they're about the same as the Clarkson era when he first got there as well. The other thing they were saying was, the way Clarkson operates is he will implement the game plan that he wants to play even if he doesn't have the players to be able to play it, which I think is very interesting because we clearly don't have the type of players, especially defensively, that can play this Clarkson style of football. But he implements the game plan, see who will sink and who will swim, and then he knows where to cut and will bring people in to plug and play into the game plan he's implemented. And this was really interesting to me to think about it from another perspective like that because I've been whinging for weeks about why isn't he getting people to man up more. He knows what he's doing game plan-wise. He has to. This is the best coach since 2000. So we can't write him off and say he doesn't know anything about football. I definitely think it's a list thing for us. We don't have the players. And this has really hit me this week. This is why I'm harping on about it. We really don't have the players to execute good quality football. And as much as I want all these guys, I, I look at names on paper, I'm like, these guys do have a lot of talent. Jackson Archer might be fantastic. And once again, not naming anyone in particular here. Jacko's just a guy I thought of in my head then. But we don't have the quality of players maybe we want to have and we think their potential may be, if that makes sense. Some people might disagree with that. And I disagree with it for a long time. Until this week, after hearing those guys talk about implementing Clarkson's game plan, seeing who sinks and swims, and then finding out who we've got to bring in and rotate and cull. I thought that was very interesting from people who know the game. And that does explain why we've been so poor giving up all of these turnovers and leaving players open in the back 50. 
And I guess the other part that was very interesting was seeing that the numbers in what we're giving up to other teams are very similar to when Clarkson took over at Hawthorne, which I guess gives me confidence. But it is going to be longer than we thought. Once again, six weeks in, let's not throw our toys out of the pram just yet. Doesn't mean we have to like it and doesn't mean we have to, doesn't mean we can't criticize because of course we can. That's why I'm here. This is why I'm Jan. But it doesn't mean we give up on everything. I know we wanted to because we've all got PTSD from the last two years. That game on the weekend, so much PTSD from David Noble football. And I know some people have been saying, oh, look, I don't just like David Noble this. No. David Noble was a horrendous coach. Horrendous. So I'm not going to pretend like we're best mates and no disrespect, but that's so stupid. David Noble was a horrific coach. So, all right. I've got that little rant out. But I hope you guys understand that about maybe my thoughts on the list not being quite where we want it to be in our hearts and our biased minds. Um, and that interview was very interesting. I wish I wrote the name of it down. It was some interview on SEN with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson at the end of a, end of a clip on a podcast. So, if you guys know the show I'm talking about, let me know um, and listen to the end of it because it is very, very interesting and it did make me sort of relax a little bit with North and be like, let's trust the process here and it's we've got to trust it for longer than half a season. This might be two, three years of us still being bad while we turn over this list and one year we go bang and we rock up. Once again, Clarkson did it in four years at Hawthorne. I don't think it's going to be four years and we're going to be winning the premiership, but this does take time. And as much as it feels like the season is halfway through, we're only six games in, guys. So let's relax. So the game against the D's, uh, Saturday night at the MCG, our annual trip to the MCG. Isn't that so nice? They give us one whole game at the G. I don't really care, to be honest. But yeah, what should we expect out of this game? Realistically, I'm not expecting a win here. And I don't think we should, once again. There's a lot of people who talk about this going, we should go into every game thinking we can win. The players should. Should we? No. We're a little bit more realistic. The Ds are the complete opposite end of where we are right now. Just like in the, through the 2000s when the Ds were horrendous. But it's all about how we back up last week's performance. And I think if we come out, play the Ds and have a game sort of like we did against the Blues, I'd be pretty happy that we've come out and shown something against a pretty big club at a huge ground. Last week against the Gold Coast, yeah, I think we should have won. Um, well, not on the balance of play, but just before the game. Like, we should be winning this. We did come back down to earth a little bit, but if we turned up and we got that back to a goal, sort of like the Hawks game, I don't think we walk away from that Gold Coast game being as devastated and, you know, getting Vietnam flashbacks like we all have been. So I think it's all about performance, this week. It has to be all about performance. Where can we exploit the Ds? Um, that's a great question. I don't think anywhere, to be honest. Usually our midfield is our strong suit. It's been pretty poor the last two or three weeks. Our forward line's not firing at all and our defense has looked awful. We've got a better coach and with the changes that I'm going to talk about very, very soon, Hopefully, youth can be on our side and that youthful fearlessness that means you go into everything and you don't know what's going to happen. 
Where can the D's exploit us? Probably everywhere. Every facet of the ground, to be completely honest. But the D's are up there as a premiership threat. We should not be anywhere near these guys' level. So this is why we're not going and expecting a win. It's the performance and the effort. It's learning and, sh- and showing us what game plan you're trying to implement and the players getting a hang of it. That's what matters right now. I'd love to be able to give more analysis on where the Ds can exploit us, but it's it really is everywhere. Like their midfield should be much better. Their forward line should be way too good to handle our defenders. doesn't matter if it's on the ground or in the air. You know, our key defenders really need to put in a shift this week because they've been horrendous. I would love to think that we can do something in the forward line, but once again, I th- assuming Lever and May play, unless I've missed an injury or something, um, yeah, I don't see much hope anywhere on the ground. But like I said, tactically our coach is better. Well, he should be better on paper and hopefully some youthful run. Now, who are we going to bring in and bring out this week? Now, I've been tossing and turning with this one. I called for big changes for the Gold Coast game. We didn't get it. We got the same sort of team with one or two sort of thrown back in. I've been tossing all week, do we go full youth here? And I know that that's sort of the reaction, isn't it? Go get rid of all the, get rid of Shields and get rid of Greenwood. Let's just put all the kids in and play them. And I don't agree with that completely. But I think it might be worth a go this week. And I think I've named some people in and out who are deserving of a dropping or deserving of a chance who have a little bit of heart for this club. Now, these are some people I'd take out of the side and I'm going to try and justify all these. If you've listened to the Further North podcast before, Aiden Core needs to go. I'm sorry, Aiden Core. He's just not good enough. He's just not good enough. He almost started to turn me in the first couple of weeks. He almost did. But no, he's not good enough. See you later, mate. Go play in the twos. Another out, which I don't think is deserved, even though I guess he was out last week, is Hugh Greenwood. Merely because I think this is a game we throw the youth in and see. I don't I wouldn't say keep them in every single week. I think experience on the footy field is important. But we need to try something this week and I think after last week's performance there deserves to be cuts. Hugh Greenwood, I would bring out, but only because I want to see other guys in, not because he doesn't deserve it because I think he's been good. But I got to be ruthless. You can't just leave these guys in. He's 31. Is he our future? Another one with the same as Hugh Greenwood, Darcy Tucker. I don't think Darcy Tucker's done anything wrong to get dropped, but once again, is he 27, 28? Sort of on the timeline. I don't think 30 years old means you're not you're going to start going downhill anymore. It's not 1990. Um, but once again, I think Tucker's dropping here is just me wanting to get some youth in. How? Just go, mate. Like, I'm not talking about Daniel Howe anymore. Just go. Exactly the same with Kane Turner. I love your heart for the club, mate. We've got to get some players with some more upside in this team. He doesn't do enough to justify his spot. I don't care how hard he goes at the ball and how much he cares and he tries. When there's no production there, you got to go. 
And the last one I'd take out is Aaron Hall. Now, I wanted Aaron Hall in this team. And oh, I think this is a 50-50 for me because he didn't play well last week. He's been tearing up the twos. If we were performing better, I'd be keeping him in this team. But with how last week went, once again, I think the only reason I'm taking him out is to get some youth in. Now, who would I put in? I want Jackson Archer in. We need some real shin bonus here. We need someone who's going to fight and is not going to give up, but is going to be able to actually produce unlike Kane We need Miller Bergman back in. He was good. I don't know why he hasn't, you know, got back in the team. He's a smart, uh, seems like a smart defender and actually seems like he's got a bit of potential. Miller Bergman comes back in. I want Cooper Harvey. I want Cooper Harvey on that field. Once again, a bit of shin bonus spirit here. Other clubs can laugh at us for shin bonus spirit, but we all know what it is. The other clubs are really just deep down jealous they don't have it. I want Cooper Harvey, but I would be putting Cooper Harvey as the sub. I'm just going to preface that. Put him on in the sub. He's raw. You know he's giving everything for the jumper. But once again, has skills and can move the ball forward. I want Callum Coleman-Jones to come in here. Our forward line has been yuck, gross, for a few weeks now. If Larky's not scoring, then you can sub him off. CCJ can go into the forward line. You can bring Cooper Harvey or whoever is the sub on. We need some variety in that forward line. Combin seems to be slowly coming on, but he's very raw and is going to take time. He's clunking some marks. He just can't kick. And Nick Larky can kick, but just can't clunk marks. Fantastic. I want CCJ in this team just to see what he can do. Literally just to change something up because it's stale. The forward line is stale. Simkin can come back in if he's fit. If he's not fit, maybe keep Tucker in this team out of all of those that I said to drop. But if Simkin is fit, he plays. I think he's our captain. I love Luke McDonald, but I see Simkin as a proper leader. And the last person into this team against the D's on Saturday night. It's time, guys. It's Wardlaw time. We need to see this kid. If the marketing team and if North Melbourne as a club want to get the fans excited after that putrid display last weekend, you put Georgie Wardlaw in the middle for the first bounce and watch him fend off people for fun. It's time to unleash George. That's who I'd be bringing into the team. Now, I wrote this team down. I'm going to sort of say the full 23, how I'd have it. Full back line, McDonald, Mackay, Bergman. Mackay's on thin ice at the moment because I really do think he looked disinterested last week. And I know subconsciously in my brain, knowing his contract situation, I think we're always going to use that against him this year. But genuinely, I think he looked disinterested. Zeeble, Logan, Sheasel across that half-back line. Zeeble's been fantastic. Good on Jackie Z. Griffin Logue, I like Griffin Logue. I think he's been good majority of the games. Last couple of weeks, he hasn't been as good, but the back line as a whole hasn't. She's, I mean, all aboard the She's train, he plays. Bailey Scott needs to go back to the wing. I think they're trying to play him as his half forward or smaller forward role. Please stop that. He was brilliant sort of wing off half back with his run. I actually think Bailey Scott's having a really good year. Um, Bailey Scott, LDU and Wardlaw across that middle line. LDU needs a big game now. He's had a couple of quieter weeks. Not awful weeks, but, you know, we want Brownlow quality LDU. 
and I'm going to start Wardlaw on that wing. Um, I'd probably put him into the middle, maybe put Simkin on the wing and put, you know, um, Wardlaw for the first bounce. So maybe swap those guys around. This is just how I've wrote it though. Half forward, Curtis Taylor. I don't think Curtis Taylor's been that bad. I'm, I'm not sure um, of people's hatred for him. I think he's becoming a little bit of a scapegoat. Um, he's kicked a goal or two in, in most of the games. Um, when our forward line's been really struggling, he's sort of, you know, always there or thereabouts. So I think he's fine. He's got the potential, so you need to keep playing him. Combin, he's locking down his spot. Um, look, he might not be getting the results on the board right now, but it'll come for Chom. Um, and Zerha off half forward. I'd like him dropping into the midfield, but being able to push into the forward line. I think we need two or three Cam Zerhas. We need one in the middle because I think he really impacts the middle. He's not super clean with disposal though. Like he's very, very just raw, isn't he? Like he'll throw his body and he'll pull off something crazy, but he's just as prone to a turnover or not being able to kick the ball very straight when he's in the midfield. So I think we throw Zerha in and out of the midfield this week. Um, If we're not winning it in the midfield and we're getting dominated, Zerha goes in there. But if we're doing okay around the midfield, especially if Wardlaw's dropping 40 touches in his first game, Zerha goes in the forward line because we need his creativity and his pressure. In the full forward line, Paul Curtis, Nick Larkey, Jane Stevenson. Paul Curtis, keep him in this team. He needs to play. He'll find his form. He's got too much talent. Um, Larkey's our best forward. You've kind of got no choice but to keep him on, but he needs to start performing. Stevenson's been one of our best players all season. He gets picked every week. Followers, Goldstein and Ruck, we don't have another option. Um, but he's good. Anyway, I've got no issue with Goldie being there. Simkin and Cunnington in the middle. Once again, Simkin or Wardlaw wing to centre, whatever. Maybe get Wardlaw in there for the excitement of the first bounce. Interchange, Will Phillips. He's been getting better. Maybe not as quickly as we'd like, but once again, let's give him time. CCJ on the bench. Jackson Archer on the bench. Tom Powell on the bench. Now... I did call for Tom Powell's dropping on uh, Monday morning when you guys heard the original pod. Um, that was an emotional reaction. I didn't 100% not mean it. I think his game was pretty bad, and I'm not sure why he was playing on Matt Rowell as almost like a tagger sort of thing. He's a tiny man. I don't understand that. Um, Tom Powell, if he performs like that again this week, Tom Powell's getting dropped. But once again, young and has potential, so he should keep playing him for this season while we can't decide if we get rid of players or not. I think there needs to be some brutal cullings at the end of the year. And I'm not saying get rid of Tom Powell, but I'd, he needs to show more for me. And at the sub, uh, Cooper Harvey. If we're, you know, the game's in the balance and we're losing it, just get him on the field. Get a Harvey and an Archer on this field and they're going to do something. They're going to do something. Um. Goda is another one that I, I apparently got a hamstring injury. Otherwise, I'd argue maybe bringing him back, but I don't know who else you take out of that team. I don't think anyone else in that 22 deserves to be dropped. Um, Powell is on the edge for me, but other than that, I think all the other guys sort of deserve to be in there. Um, Eddie Ford doesn't seem to be tearing up in the VFL. Flynn Perez I don't really like very much. I don't see what people see in him. Um and what was the other one? Blake Drury seems to be getting a lot of chat at the moment. I think he might be a sneaky chance to debut. But as we know, there is no way Clarko drops. 
you know, his old mate Howe and Turner and that sort of stuff. So clearly I don't think all these guys are going to come in. But that's, I think, what we have to do. I think we have to make changes. We have to show people that their spots aren't safe here. So they perform. And get some youthful run through this team because, I don't know, the, the, the fearlessness of youth I think is the only reason we might be able to perform this game. Because like I said before, I don't think we're better than the Ds in any aspect on a football field. So yeah, I guess that's um, that's basically it, guys. Let me know what you think of all of that. Do you agree with my uh, ins? Do you agree with my outs? Who else would you bring in? Who else would you bring out? I think that 22 that I just named with these youth players, I don't think anyone else deserves to get dropped from that, but please let me know. The last thing we'll do, we're going to go through the round. I'm going to give you some tips. My tips have been atrocious. So bad. I'm not going to... I'm not going to call out people as much as I did last week, uh, especially after the Geelong beating Sydney and how passionate I was about Sydney shouldn't be favor- should be favourites for this one. I'm not going to embarrass myself again. Um, a big Friday night, Saints, Port Adelaide. St Kilda, it's time to go to work, guys. It's time to go to work and touch these pretenders up by about 50 points. Jason Horn Francis subbed off at half time and dropped to the twos next week. That sounds good to me. Um... Brisbane and Fremantle, it's at the Gabba. I mean, 100-point win by Brisbane, maybe. I think Brisbane, absolutely. Sydney GWS, what do they call this game that no one cares about? The Battle of the Bridge, is that what they call it? Yeah, I don't care about the Battle of the Bridge. Nobody does. Um, Swans should win that one pretty easily. Swans are 10th. The Swans, are they 10th now? Oh, my God. Clearly, I have this thing for the Swans that I had absolutely no idea about. I guess it's that Shannon Grant connection, maybe. Who knows? Um, shout it if you know that reference as well. Um, Bulldogs and Hawthorne. I actually think this might be a close game. I think the Bulldogs, but the Hawks are plucky. They only lost by three points to Adelaide last week, and that makes me very angry because now I feel like the Hawks are better than us. Um, we know my tip for North and the Ds. North by 100 points. Um, West Coast and Carlton. It's over in the West. You know what? The Blues should be winning this game. I'm going to tip the Blues, but I I don't think it'll be a straightforward affair. I think West Coast might only lose by two or three goals here, and mainly because Carlton don't seem to be as good as they looked at the start of the year. This is probably the game of the round. Essendon and Geelong at the MCG. That's a massive game, isn't it? Yeah, I, I th- oh, I'm going to tip Essendon. I'm going to tip Essendon. Now, I don't like the Cats, and I've always had a thing against the Cats. Sorry to all my mates who follow the Cats who probably aren't listening to this. Um, I'm going to get the Bombers in an upset. But if the Cats win by 100 points this week, I'll never tip against the Cats again. You've heard it here first. Uh, Richmond and the Gold Coast. Well, I hope – I hate the Tigers. I can't stand the Tigers but I'd kind of hope that they absolutely destroy the Suns after last week. But you know what? I want the Suns to win this game because I want them to, you know, do the Tigers. The Tigers are 16. This is a wild ladder this year, isn't it? I want the Tigers to lose, which is always fun. And I want the Suns to win by a lot to show that they're actually pretty good. So our loss doesn't seem as bad. And the last one, Crows, Pies. That could also be a really good game. Um, Pies, I guess. Yes, but I would not be surprised if the Crows do it. I'll tip the pies, but once again, not a super, super confident tip. Lastly, we're going to go to our nostalgic player of the week. 
So, if you guys saw on the socials, Daniel Harris was our Nostalgic Player of the Week. And I did ask for your comments on uh, your memories, your best memories of Daniel Harris. So, let's go through some of these now. Um, Jared Andrew on Instagram goes, when he moved to Gold Coast, I just moved to Queensland, so I got to see my favorite player heaps. Sick. Perfect tying. Maybe he followed you to the Gold Coast. Um, yeah, I forgot he went to the Gold Coast. That was their first year. Was he there for one year? We should have kept Daniel Harris. I liked Daniel Harris. Um, now, a couple of Facebook comments as well. Um, Matt Deb De Bruin says his retirement. Come on, mate. Everyone loves Daniel Harris. Um, your favorite Daniel Harris memory for Jason Elliott. All of them. Yeah, he did fill up the brain. Um, David Smith has written, loved that jumper. And we're talking about the jumper with the V. Uh, it's just full blue with the V and the old North Melbourne logo, not the Bounding Roo logo, but that weird shield one. Um, that was a horrendous jersey. Yuck. Um, Glenn Lavender says, 2007 semifinal, running up the wing, ending <laughs> in a goal to Boomer. Fantastic. I don't, do not remember that personally, but... Uh, that does sound like something Daniel Harris would do. Um, Rich Whitman says, can I share my worst? And then he's posted a photo of Daniel Harris in a Gold Coast Suns. This is the worst week to do Daniel Harris as the nostalgic player because all I can is Suns, uh, Suns quotes. And Dylan Gibbons, the kick over the head for goal against Essendon. Once again, do not remember that, but if anyone does, everyone get on board, Daniel Harris. We all love DH. Um most known for his time at the Gold Coast Suns, as we've just found out. Um, that's it, guys. Thank you very much for listening again. Uh, remember, five-star reviews. If you leave me a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, you can comment what you think about the episode on Spotify, and I'll read your comment and your name out. And, uh, yeah, follow all the socials, get amongst it, and I'll see you guys on Monday for a full review of our huge win against the Demons to put us back uh, pushing for top eight. Watch out, Clarko Ball this week, guys. Thank you so much again. Love you all very much. See you later. Goodbye.